Hello, experiencers. This is Chris from State of Fear Podcast, and you are listening to a fourth-hand production. Ew, radio! To the weird and mysterious world of the inhuman experience, a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained. Coming to you from the mothership directly above the uncanny valley, my name is Bobby Anthem, alias G.G. Allen, and with me, as always, the original Anunnaki Rob, my partner, my ace, my fellow inhuman. Bobby Blades, but you can call me the Slayer of Tiamat. <laughs> oh, man. Getting hardcore. Dude, what is happening? Oh, jeez. Well, this was unexpected, but in a good kind of way. We got to do a crossover show with the Garden of Doom, Jeff Lippman and Cha. Mostly Jeff, but that's cool. You know, it's cool. We got to, we got to kind of uh, connect with them on some things a little bit that we both been interested in Jeff has had some interest in so you know it's cool to have a, a conversation with him actually this episode that we're doing right now is uh, a little different than what we normally do you know if we do have a normal thing that we do <laughs> I think we got um, as close to normal as we're gonna get yeah man what is normal what is normal anyway man it's a setting on your washing machine like that man I like that so we're talking with Jeff for a while but as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's interesting stuff, man. And it's a topic that we've done before. It's a topic that we're going to do again. That's right. We're going to continue on because there's lots of the story to tell. There's so much that to, to try to cram it into one episode would just be ridiculous. Exactly. So I don't know, man. Sit back. Get yourself some popcorn or whatever, man. I, I, I don't know. Do whatever the hell it is that you do. Go uh, mine some gold or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is that your gods tell you to do. Go ahead and do that. Sit back and listen because uh, we're getting into some pretty good stuff. Man. All right. I like that. Welcome, Beyonders. get to this weird place who are these two crazy guys and what is going on beyond terrestrial or bt for short is a podcast dedicated to the strange the macabre the conspiratorial and all things supernatural hosted by dan martson and lee Ariott, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like coast to coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. 
Uh, we've got Shah here in the background, but we also, we are doing a simulcast with the Inhuman Experience. So we have Bobby Blades and Bobby Anthem here, and we're going to talk about all things Anunnaki. And if you don't know what that is, you're in for a treat. So one of the Bobbies, I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, man, what's happening? So yeah, we're, we're back again. Uh, Blades and I are both passionate enough in uh, the Anunnaki. Uh, we, we, we have... We have a pretty deep interest in this. Uh, as far as research, I don't know how much actual research we do. Um, speaking for myself, this is stuff that I've been reading about for, I would say, probably at least 30 years. You know, it's just an interest, man. Blaze, how far back would you would you say your interest goes? Wow. Not, not as far back as you. Jesus okay. Christ. I think I might have been into it and not even known about it. Um, but this comes from when I was delving into like the left-hand path religions and everything and they were talking about Tiamat and um, Enki and Ea and everything and so right. it, it that might have been my introduction instead of just researching ancient aliens and the Anunnaki so you were getting you were getting bits and pieces from other paths and then if I put it together correctly when you and I started having conversations about this <laughs> stuff like when we were leading to doing our show that was when you started saying, hey, I recognize a lot of these names. Yeah, that's what, it looked familiar from you were talking about it. And I was like, hold on a second. That sounds <laughs> like some shit I had researched for such and such religion back in the day. You know, man, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, it did spawn actually a lot of religions because, you know, it, it comes from ancient uh, the ancient Sumerian beliefs, you know, and, and all of this predates the world's major religions. This was probably like. It, probably, it could be considered what the, like the first major religion sort of um, yeah. it, it inspired and influenced a lot of other of what we consider to be ancient cultures and ancient religions man there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this that's familiar that you'll see familiar with um, like the Egyptians and uh, even I would say like the Aztecs and there's bits and pieces even the Greeks man the Greeks and Romans there's so much of it so uh, it starts off as a religion, you know. Uh, so, uh, how long ago, Blake? What, 445,000 years ago, something like that? It was it, it, uh, it, for the Egyptians, right? When when the pyramids and the Sphinx were first constructed, I think. Well, well, well yeah, yeah, but I'm talking like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm it, talking, it's old, that's all I know. Well, I'm talking, I'm talking when when these beings were first said to come around this way you know when when nibiru first made its flyby so, so these earth collided with uh nibiru right is let's, is that the first time what was that let's let's take it back and set this up for the listeners who may know nothing so we said nibiru a couple times people might have heard of nibiru or nibiru because it it's constantly sort of rumored to either be the ninth planet that that's uh, blocked by the sun that we can't see or sort of a traveling planet that that has uh, orbited close to the earth but something like every two million years or or maybe it's more like four hundred forty five thousand I think years. Uh, like I think it's like 3600 years I think is the number or when it uh, swings back around every 3600 years I believe okay and when you say you haven't researched it, but then you say you've been reading about it for 30 years, some people call that a doctorate. 
So I would say that, I would, I would say that's research. But let me tell you. I, what, I've also had several concussions, though. I do, I do want to make that clear. I've had a lot of concussions, so a lot of what was in my head has spilled out. Fair enough. I'm, I'm on the other side of the bell curve on, on my memory as well. Um, I know the Anunnaki in three contexts. And we are one of them. And one is the pantheon of the Sumerian Babylonian gods, which, you know, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, and some of the Mesoamerican cultures. Uh, you know, date back modern human history, not just uh, uh, 6,000 years or 10,000 years, but, you know, for instance, the Egyptians have, they say, 36 dynastic houses, which, you know, is thousands of years, and it sounds similar to the Babylonians, and, and similarly, the Mayans and, and other Mesoamericans had similar uh, sort of different stages of man and, can, and said they could trace their houses, their, their dynasties back to that, and you know, who knows if that's one reign or one family's reign. But the Anunnaki context one is the Babylonian Sumerian panoply of gods. Mm-hmm. Context number two is I've heard it in the same very context except the Indian gods. By India, I mean the Asian subcontinent India, not mm-hmm. American India. Um, which maybe is coincidence, maybe is something different. I mean, they're not too terribly far from each other. But if you're talking about 2,000 years ago, 400,000 years ago, that is a very big difference So in geography. So who knows? The or Well, maybe you know. But context number three, and I think it's just sort of been um, evolved into that or, or maybe taken there, but Anunnaki seems to be an overarching term for ancient aliens writ large period. And... All of it is so interesting to me because it ties into everything to me. It ties into the elves, the greys, to a certain extent, Aryan culture. It ties into Easter Island. It ties into the mythical white tribes of the Americas. So it's all so, yes, the Nephilim, which you know. Yeah, all all of it. So, you know, and, and I'm familiar with some of this, you know, and the Sumerian flood myth, which is just so similar to, to the Noah story, except was written, yeah. you know, thousands of years earlier. Um, even though it doesn't take place that terribly, well, it's, it's actually not entirely clear, but it, it, you know, the Noah story takes place thousands of years before it was written. Um, but it, yet it was, it was written when it was written. Um, so it, it's just, and there are other stories like that. I mean, like the story of Mithros is basically the same as the story of Jesus. The story of Sargon, who was one of the first uh, kings of Ur, who formed an empire, is almost exactly the same as the story of Moses. So, you know, I, I think it all sort of starts with, as we call it, the Anunnaki. So enough for me from there. I think that just sets up a little bit of a foundation and some editorial for listeners who may not be familiar with it. Um, and then you guys, I think you guys go from there, just where you yeah. pick up where you left off. No, that was, that. I, I'm glad you did that because I have a tendency of hopping kind of all over the place and throwing bits and pieces out there. So I'm glad that, that uh, you laid down that basis and that foundation um, so that maybe it's a little more understandable with the things that I say. Now, that... Uh, that, that first number that I threw out there, that 445,000 years, if I if I remember and understand correctly, that was the first appearance of Nibiru, like in terms of 
when they swung by here. They they saw a place that was suitable for them. They could they could breathe here. They could eat the food, whatever, whatever. I don't know. But they said, hey, that looks like a pretty good place. They might have what we need. And I believe what they needed was gold. There was an abundance of it here. Um, but so they swung by and they were like, okay, so we'll be back. You know, they 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 took back off and came back on the next the next time they swung around. And the next time they swung around, they decided they needed to start uh, mining for gold. And it had, I believe it had something to do with their atmosphere. Now, I don't know, I don't know how much, there was so much that I read and I don't know how much is actually based on the religious beliefs that were had uh, by the ancient Sumerians. And I don't know how much is the theories of these being actual aliens, you know, like actual living aliens. Um, because they're not necessarily the same story. You know, I like to believe that they are. There are people much smarter than myself, much more imaginative than myself, who, who were able to tie these things together. But the, I, I believe the story that uh, Zechariah Sitchin came up with, or, you know, figured out or translated or uh, speculated or whatever, they need gold to repair their damaged atmosphere. So they came here, they mined gold, and they figured, man, this is too much work. I don't want to do this. So they started to create other beings. I think the first race of beings that they created was the Ajiji. Uh, and I might be wrong on this. I always encourage people, always encourage people to look into it yourself, do your own research. Please don't contact me and say, you're just a dumbass. You don't know what you're doing. I know. I know. I want to make that clear. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have a degree in any of this. This is, I, I do all of this off of memory. I can't remember if they created the Ajiji or if the Ajiji had anything to do with it, but I know, I believe that they were enslaved to mine gold and the Ajiji had an uprising and they said, we don't want, we're not with this. I'm not your slave. You know, we're not doing this. So the Anunnaki had to work to create other beings you know, to, to do the work for them because they just didn't want to do it. It was just too much work. So, bing, bang, boom, long story short, they created humans. That's how the story goes. The Anunnaki are the creators of, of humans. Um, they're our parents. They were looked at as as gods. and Like the architects. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Just like that. Yep. Uh, the, the movie Prometheus drew so much from this story and they just they just didn't call it by name but it was clearly clearly a take on the Anunnaki yeah but then they uh, ruined it by having them the architects you know basically jobbed out to, to the aliens in about 30 seconds which you know they, they ruined the whole thing right there it wasn't even a fight yeah that's disappointing it was very disappointing are you talking about Covenant or um, Prometheus I think it was Prometheus. Uh, don't make me swear to it, but I think it was Prometheus. Oh, because I'm thinking uh, when on, uh, in Covenant, when David visits the planet um, afterward, the planet of the architects, and he releases that uh, bioweapon into the atmosphere and it kills all of the giants on that planet. That That's what I was thinking. But no, this I, was, this was, I don't think I saw Covenant. I think this was Prometheus when they were doing like the flashback scenes and they showed the alien ship come and they sort of came out like a swarm 
like locusts almost. And oh, just no, basically, was, and like the architect's all red. Yeah, that was Covenant. Yeah, that couldn't. I was gonna say that couldn't have been Prometheus because they weren't introduced at that point yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it was Covenant. Sorry about that. Um, I obviously didn't enjoy those movies very much. And never went back <laughs> I did though. I did. I was just really. I mean, the architects. I I thought that was so cool. Obviously, because I'm still on it. But then, like I said, they 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 bitched them out. Anyway, yeah. The 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 one thing I want to add. I don't know about the Ajiji, but it's interesting because there there's a flood myth, and and this flood myth took place a long 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 time ago, and it's referenced. Like people talk about the Epic of Gilgamesh, and they talk. They say. That is a story about the flood. No, it isn't a story about no. the flood. It references the flood. Right. The it, story it's sort of like told to Exactly. But they were at the end, their last task was to find one of the, the survivors of the flood. But it's sort of like saying Lord of the Rings is a story about a volcano. I mean, it, it, that's that's not that's not the case. Right. But so I looked up the the Sumerian flood and it's it's Atrahasis and, and it starts very similar to what you were saying, saying that there's a father god who it, it, it like seems like he's semi-retired. He's living in the heavens, and he's got his two sons there, and Enki, yeah, yeah, and Enki. Mm-hmm. right? And Enki is sort of second in command, but his brother must be his older brother, so he's sort of in charge. Well, his brother hates the humans. He thinks that they're too loud. They're bothering him, and he wants to kill them all with with a flood. And Enki sort of likes the humans. He's 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 become friends with Atrahasis, who's the king. So they are slaves, but they see you know it's one of those myths of sort of like happy slaves, like they, they've got a king and they're sort of happy and he's a, a benevolent king and all that. But the thing about Atrahasis is that he was already king for three thousand years, which means he was probably living for some amount of time before that. So anyway, obviously they created the humans. A long, long, long time before, but it was fun that just the the one god. He's like, they're so loud, they never shut up. They're really bothering me, and I'm gonna kill them. And and Enki, you have to promise not to not to give away the ship. You can't warn them. So Enki's like, okay, I, I'm not gonna warn them. And he comes up with this great scheme where he's talking to himself behind the king's, yeah. you know, cabin or house. He, he was talk- he's like, talking to the reeds. Yeah. Right, he's talking to the reeds, and he's sort of saying, and, you know, you need to build an ark of this, this cubits, and you need to gather these animals, and these... He's, like, giving them, like, all the engineering details and the specs and the animals and the amount of feed you're going to need and, and all this, and, like, and, and Atrahasis is going, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So I'm not talking about you. Mind your own business. And I guess eventually he, he figures it out, um, and they seem to like each other because Enki liked uh, um, the king's jokes, the king's jokes were pretty bad as far as I was concerned, but hey, yeah. I guess it's going to lead to survival of the human race to work out pretty well. But it, it's so similar to, to Noah's Ark in, you know, in, in the rest of, you know, not in how we get there, but but in the rest of it, the Ark, the cubits, the, you know, right. the, the storage. Yeah, so, the whole anyway. outline is exactly the same. And I, and before you continue, I want to I correct myself. I said Aya and Inky. Aya and Inky are the same. I name. was just I mean, Inky. The- Inky and Enlil is what I meant, or Aya and Enlil. I, I was going right. to ask because I remember in the in the song you did, you were like, "Enki is the title and Aya is the name." Aya is his proper yeah. name, right? The never released song. <laughs> <laughs> never released song. <laughs> it will well, be. We it will be. That's right. 
the pressure's on now. I, now I'll have to finish it. I'll get <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like your doctor. So yeah. So so take us. Uh, you know, like, I guess move us along past that. Well, well, before we do, but also like you know, in the you know the biblical, you know, the people lived long, long lives as well. And, and the, the ancient uh, Greek heroes lived long, long, long lives, multi-hundred years, multi-thousand years. So all of that is sort of, you know, collective memory or, or commonality, which is, you know, obviously, you know, inhuman, uh, pun intended. Hey, hey. So, <laughs> so, so take it from there, my friend. Um, man, I, I really don't know where to take it from there. Honestly, there's so many different bits and pieces. I don't know if I can follow a, a, a linear path of the story. But yeah, that that is interesting since you did bring that up. Um, anybody who's even somewhat familiar with with uh, the Bible, you, you will see uh, things mentioned of people living hundreds of years you know and that is pretty much the same with these stories you know these stories say oh yeah such and such lived for you know 900 years or 1300 years or whatever like this was just a common thing so i mean that, that can be interpreted different ways uh let's just go ahead and, and interpret it literally and say that these people really did live that long um sure because the, the the gods so, or the aliens whatever we want to call the anunnaki uh i, I you know bless them with these long long lives which of course aren't long lives if you're immortal right exactly yeah so uh let me see what else man there's 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 so much to so much to and get into the mcu sort of borrowed from that when they made the asgardians just a, a, an alien race that was, was technologically advanced and just had much longer lives uh, they, they sort of took that, you know, they changed them from gods to, you know, you know, it's easy to understand why ancient Vikings or whatnot would uh, consider them to have been gods, but they were just an advanced race uh, with a much longer lifespan. You know, Thor, I think, said that he had lived 1,500 years or, or 10,000 years, whatever it was, but it was a, yeah. a, a long amount of time. 1500 years wouldn't make sense with the, with the stories but uh, I'm not sure that was the important part to the MCU but uh, in any event I keep I keep saying take it from here and I keep but I do it. you know what the, I'm glad you because I do like that I I think that's interesting and that can be something that's done with pretty much any religion I don't like to refer to these things as myths because at some point these were religions to these people you could call it a cult or whatever but they were so widespread and so popular that we're still talking about these things thousands of years later and they're in pop culture um so I, I like that they did that with uh with the norse gods and star trek did the same thing with the greek gods they just uh you know they, they just didn't I think there was one episode of the original where they came across Apollo because Apollo was the last of the Greek gods and his explanation was that they weren't exactly gods. He lived as a god and recognized himself as a god, but they were just, they were beings from a different planet who lived very long lives. I guess the rest of them died. He was the last one left. Um, they were so far, so, so far advanced beyond uh, our abilities that 
we recognize them as gods and, and they started to see themselves as that. So that's the same thing that can be done with, with any of these things, man. If you look at them like they're just living beings from other planets, there's so many stories that you can tell and keep it interesting forever. Uh, Blades and I talked about the fact that you don't really see the you don't really see the Anunnaki being commercialized like other uh, other beings from other religions, man. You like you, you just mentioned the MCU used um, used Thor. You know they have Hercules all over the place. There's always movies about Hercules. There's always movies about uh, Zeus and you know the, the Greek gods. Um, this, this stuff is everywhere, but the closest you get to anything Anunnaki as far as uh, mainstream entertainment or pop culture, the closest you get is Prometheus. And that's just them kind of borrowing from it mm-hmm. and, you know, not even using the name. So I just I just have to wonder why that is. You want to know my introduction? It was Dungeons and Dragons. And I, I remember Elric was was the god that, you know, I don't know, that I was the most interested in. Um, I guess he was sort of a war god or a demigod. I guess their version of Thor or Hercules. You know, the more you compare panoplies of gods, the more similar they seem to be, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. Similar powers, similar personalities. You sort of have a king and a queen and then... You have sort of like the higher level of gods, and then you sort of have the lower level of gods. Then you have your right. like demigods, and the same thing in the underworld. You have you know, you know Lucifer, and then you have like the top demons, like the Beelzebubs of, of the world, and then just yeah. the regular minion demons. But I, but I have to say it, and I hate to say it because this is blasphemy, but it really isn't that different than what we call monotheism these days. You know, pick whichever yeah. god name you want. But Let's just say God is the king of the gods. God has the archangels, which are, you know, the the more powerful ones. Then you've got the the seraphim, which are sort of your your regular gods, and then you've got the the cherubim, or sort of your lesser gods. And if you want to have demigods, add the the nephilim in there too. And it's, I mean, it's basically the same thing, yeah. just with different names. I mean, if you have beings that are immortal with certain powers. What's the difference between an angel and a god? I'm not sure that there's any. This may be a little bit deeper than any of us wanted to go today, but I, I, I can't help but drawing that comparison. Yeah. Thinking yeah. in in thousand years or two thousand years, people won't be saying, you know, there was no difference between you know worshiping the Olympians and you know worshiping. Hashem or Allah or, or Jesus or whatever, I, you know. Yeah, because we don't, because we look back and we don't see any difference between uh, uh, worshiping the the Greek pantheon and the uh, the Egyptians. You know, we don't really see any difference there besides, you know, just some of the imagery and the culture. But to us, it's basically the same thing. Well, even to them, a lot of it was basically the same. They did borrow from each other and build on top of each other. The Romans especially were famous for, for doing that, but Isis was the same as, as, as Sparti, which was more Canaanite, you know, where you would have Israel and Lebanon now. Um, and they were basically the same as Athena. Um, they yeah. were all more or less the, the, the same. Um, 
it's interesting. Earlier, you said 3,600 years for the uh, path of Nibiru, the orbit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is related at all, but I have something from my notes on something that I want to talk about at some random point, but it doesn't seem random anymore. But I'm looking at a note here that says 36,400 BC. So again, we've got that 36,000 number there, you know, give or, give or take a little 400 years, um, you know, but the reason for that, I wrote that is because there were sim there there were articles I saw recently on similarities discovered between um, Egyptian and Mesoamerican um, uh, structures, not really structures, almost like landing planes and uh, meaning like strips, like mm -hmm. flat, long strips and other constructions around them, almost as if they were runways. Um, of course. So the timing is interesting if that's when, you know, if ships were landing, you know, and then you've got that 3,600, well, 3,600 times 10 is 36,000. So, you know, right. it, it doesn't correspond to the 440,000 years. Um, but, you know, I, you know, maybe they needed to build new ones from time to time. I mean, the Earth's climate changed, where people live changed, population centers changed. They certainly didn't have to be constantly here. They could have gone in increments. But I, I don't know. The, sometimes, you know, you look at numbers and you see what you want to see. But other times you look at numbers and you see patterns. And there's lots of cultures that have sacred numbers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, you know, the Masons are built on that. Pi is built on that. Uh, I believe in the Aztec, I think it's 13, but but 52 is really the magic number, which is 13 times 4. Um, so there's, there's, and I, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the 36 is like what the real length of a month should be, 36 days or some, something like that. Hmm. Um, which is why we have 13 full moons in a year it I, i'm sure i'm off on some of these things uh, and i know i went on these trails um you know and, and got myself into the the swamp a little bit are you a fan of movies or comics or video games or just anything else nerdy? Well, you should check out the Zing, Zing This, this podcast. podcast. And that's spelled Z-E-N-G. This. And we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies, as well as video game discussions. Mm-hmm. Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing This. But, uh, yeah, I'm probably straying a little bit far. But there are so many places that, that the Anunnaki tie in um, because they're, correct me if I'm wrong, but their description was generally high cheekbones, mm -hmm. gray, large ears, yep. large eyes, and tall, nine, oh, ten, right. twelve feet. So you know they're they're you know so they fit into your sort of traditional description of the grays, yep. the elves, just taller, <laughs> right? Yep, yep. And you know, and and we have you know there are myths of uh, of albino or white 
tribes in North and South America. Uh, they were here before the Europeans and here before some of the, uh, you know, indigenous peoples. And these are myths. Um, but there's also that the myth, you know, uh, involving Easter Island, how the, the, those, um, the, the, the heads, they're, they're called Moai. Uh, and they sort of have that look to them. Um, you know, and, and the architects in, in, that we were talking about in, in Covenant and Prometheus sort of look like that. Um, so I, don't know. I, I feel like I've spoken more than I than I need to, at a, you know, in a row. So what do you think about all that? I want to I want to believe that there is something to it. You know, um, the shame of it is we can never really. Well, I don't want to say we can never really know the truth. But right now, you know, the, the farther we get away from that history, the, the harder it is to to connect back to it. But I want to see these things as evidence of these be beings actually having existed and being here. I want those stories to be true. The the descriptions, just like you said, are, are so detailed and so vivid. You know, it's like, no, no, they didn't look like this. They looked like this. Like, if it if they're made up, why does it matter? <laughs> you yeah. know, um, the descriptions are so vivid. You know, and, and actually, I, I kind of want to touch on the. Um, you mentioned the structures, um, on on different continents uh, between cultures that uh, really shouldn't have had any knowledge of each other at all. You know, I can't say that they didn't at all, but it seems like they wouldn't have. But they they have these. They, there are structures that are so similar, and a lot of them look like landing pads or launching launch pads. Um, Eric Von Daniken wrote a lot about these things. Uh, I think his first book was Chari uh, Chariots of the Gods. Um, yep. So th there, there's a lot of that talk in, uh, in, in that book and, and uh, other books that he wrote to follow up on that. Um, so, yeah, but definitely if you want to if you want to look into Anunnaki, I, I suggest anybody if you haven't already. Yeah, check out Eric Von Daniken's books. But for sure, where where I got my start was uh, a series of books by um, Zechariah Sitchin called The Earth Chronicles. The first book in that series is called The Twelfth Planet, and it breaks everything down. And, and when I read that, because I used to spend a lot of time in the library as a kid, and when I came across that book, it, it, it cracked my head wide open. It changed kind of changed my perspective on everything forever you know i mean i i've been interested in these topics before but to me that was the one that did it i'm like i'm all about this so uh i own every book in that in the uh earth chronicle series and i managed to get through all of them while my vision was still good enough to, to actually read the words on on paper but that's that's a series to to dive into man because i i know that i'm all over the place with this stuff there's a lot that i forgot research is a problem for me because i'm visually impaired but i'm telling you any and everything that you need to see check with the man himself zachariah sitchin the first book is the 12th planet looking at that you you won't be disappointed there's holes that could be poked in it but still there, there's so much that make so much sense man there's so many things in that book you, you, you might go into it completely skeptical but there are things that that are going to make sense to you there are things that you're going to want to be true so check that out if you haven't already sure. Bob, concerning that oh, sorry 
Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> Concerning the Zechariah Sitchin and things being poked holes in his uh, theories and books, I wanted to ask, because uh, I've heard a lot that people are calling him a fraud and that he's just basically insane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're always going to get that. I'm wondering, is um, are the books just basically fantastical stories? Because I haven't begun reading them yet. Or are they somewhat based in reality and historically based? The, uh, okay, so he studied a lot when he when he started doing this. He studied a lot. Um, he translated a lot of the uh, Sumerian the tablets that he found, the Enuma Elish, which we haven't mentioned yet in this whole thing. He translated all of that. He studied the 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 entire culture. He studied the religion, the history, all of it. He studied all of that stuff. And yes, a lot, of, a lot of it is probably just him saying, man, it would be really cool if this thing was true. Um, here's evidence pointing to the fact that it might be true. Maybe, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of that. Yeah, yes, he came off crazy. But anybody who presents any idea that's different than what we, we came up being taught is going to seem crazy. You know, um, I, I don't want to say he was a charlatan. Um, he, and, and yes, he made money selling these books. You know, I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of doing anything is to, <laughs> is to make money. So, but as far as I'm concerned, as long as you don't as long as you don't read the books looking for absolute truth, like I, I, I need to find my path. I need to find something to believe in. Just just read it for something interesting to read and maybe you'll connect with it. Maybe maybe there's something that you saw earlier in a different book or something that you read in a movie or heard on a podcast or whatever that's going to connect and, and make things make a little bit more sense to you. You know, I mean, I wouldn't recommend reading the books looking for religion, you know, but I, I wouldn't say he was a charlatan or anything. He was a guy who he was the guy who wrote on this topic. He's the reason any of us are talking about any of this stuff right now. You know, he's, he's the father, he's the grandfather of this stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think any of us are advocating that any listener here should change their belief system and start worshiping the Anunnaki. I, I just think it's, we think it's interesting that there is sort of uh, sort of, similarities throughout so many cultures around the world with some of different names some of the same names but there's a lot of commonalities even even in cave paintings there's you know larger individuals there um Mm -hmm. you know it's not unusual and when you think about the description yeah i mean you can say elvish but but tall but i mean it's not that different than descriptions of angels it's not that different from descriptions of well vampires i mean it it, it, you know it can explain a lot of things now is it any more grounded than there being vampires or angels well i don't know I, i mean i think that it's a big universe so yeah it's a little bit more grounded, but only a little bit. I mean, I, I see the point. I mean, if you're, you know, that, that, that's fine. I'm not trying to convince anyone. It's just, to me, it's fun to think about. It's also fun to have an open mind on, on things like this. And it's also, I think, fun, but also 
worthwhile to try to figure out what we all have in common everywhere from the Basques in the, in the Spanish mountains to the aboriginals to you know the the Incans to the Norwegians and then you know people who lived in the Himalayas I mean there are commonalities and uh, you know especially in 2020 um, maybe finding the commonalities isn't the worst idea in the world and having a little fun with it hey and if somebody out here is a fledgling filmmaker a TV series maker well Bobby Anthem is correct nobody has done anything with this and there's tons of stories and there's tons of characters and they're new and they're public domain so you know what are you waiting for you, you, you can you, you can make your own empire um if you're creative enough um, and the stories know. are incredibly interesting yeah I mean, <laughs> gilgamesh is such a fun story i mean it's a little silly but it's also fun but it wouldn't take very much to turn it into you know a good movie or a series uh, and you could make it you can make it more grounded you could get more into the politics you could you could game of thrones it up i mean it it, it isn't that difficult um he was the but, original superhero man and he even had his own sidekick right who who was like his enemy but they they it was like the hulk and the thing like you know the hulk beat him but it's like hey you're pretty strong let's be let's be friends <laughs> right. It was like a, it was like a whole. It was a face turn. Gilgamesh went from being the worst to being the best. Yep. Absolute <laughs> man. It yes, yes. And this was the earliest known story of its kind, man. And and they went that deep with it. The dude started off as a heel and went face. You know. And and you know the epic and it's it's you know everything drew from it. I mean Beowulf drew from it. Beowulf was sort of a. Uh, conceited jerk and at the end he yeah. went on his epic quest looking for someone that he knew he wasn't going to return from well guess who else did that Gilgamesh and Anki do that they went for their they knew that their last quest to find the survivor of the flood was a one way trip they just wanted the information they just wanted to know what happened right. and that's and that's basically humanity we, we just want to know where did we come from what was what was what's happening here what's this all about um, and you know, I guess we're just saying, oh, you know, you know, open your eyes to some of these things, or open your ears to some of this, and you know, you don't have to accept it as fact. That would be that, that would be craziness. But <laughs> have fun with it. You know, you 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 know, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of collective um, uh, stories and themes out there that are pan global. Yeah. Now the way you're describing it, I kept thinking of. Um early Dragon Ball Z where yes. Vegeta he's, he starts off as evil and then slowly he kind of yeah. I, I don't want to say good but he's kind of a tweener well you know what everybody did everybody did in in, uh, in Dragon Ball which was based on um, uh, a journey to the west yeah with Son Goku yep yes yep everybody started off as uh, or as Son basic... sorry I don't want yeah to... Son Wukong yeah, yeah the monkey Son king <laughs> Same thing. That's just the Chinese version, <laughs> or yeah, the Chinese yeah, version. Japanese version, yeah. Japanese version, yeah. So, but yeah, basically everybody started off um, as an adversary and became his friends. That to me, that's the most charming part of that whole story. Everybody yeah. he came across started off wanting to either just fight him or kill him, and most of them ended up his friends. 
Yeah. And 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 yeah, the earliest known story of that type is the Epic of Gilgamesh. I'm gonna have to read that. I I've never read it. You joined the NWL at, at some point. <laughs> do we do we always have to tie it back into wrestling, or, or was that an actual NWO reference? No, that that, that was definitely the wrestling NWO. <laughs> I, I, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Probably for a different uh, a different time and a different place. But you know what? I was think I was actually thinking of Lord of the Rings, even. I mean, and and I made that comparison earlier just because it was an easy analogy. But even that story, the elves. They, they were sort of immortal. I mean, the humans had regular lifespans, but the elves, you know, the, the same elvish king was the same one from thousands of years earlier when they defeated Sauron. Now, so was Gandalf also, but who was Gandalf? Gandalf the Grey. So, you know, I, I think Tolkien borrowed from that as well. Yeah. I just do your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that can be tied, dude. Comic books, all comic books, you know? I mean, I know that you mentioned it before, but the whole basis of of super powered beings it all comes from that it, every it all stems from from these stories absolutely i absolutely. want to see the marvel universe go into that where say um star lord's uh grandparents are actually the anunnaki or something like that man <laughs> like everything originated from them well i'm not sure they're not i, I you know i'm not sure that's not who the celestials are and and the watchers and you know I'm, I'm not sure that's not who the titans were that the you know olympians had to defeat i mean who, who knows but what was with the athenian with, with the greek gods and people growing out of people's heads never mind that's a different topic for a different day <laughs> athena didn't have a mother so. <laughs> But it, but it, it, it didn't end. It it's didn't start there. It's like you know, every someone grew out of Kronos's head. Someone grew out of Uranus's head. I mean, this is, oh yeah. Well, what's Kron- with Zeus, Zeus threw Kronos's junk into uh, a body of water, and it frothed and bubbled, and that's where um, Aphrodite came from. That's how she was born. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> They were also they were also probably discovering a lot of plants back then that had different properties. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah yeah they found some magic mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> the stone ape theory. Yeah, yeah. that that's that much it. There's all these words that we have out there that the like what was the theory you just said? Oh, the stone, stone ape. ape. Okay, the stone ape theory. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. I don't know, but it's it's you know I I have recently for whatever reason done a lot of looking into Easter Island, and you know there's the the Thor Heyerdahl or Heerdahl theories. All of his theories are basically you know about some magical white people who did everything, which is you know I'm not sure how different it is from Aryan theory. Like <laughs> white people. I know. I know. <laughs> A white elvish, though not 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 really humans, but I mean it's not a it's not a I don't know anything about the man, just his name, so I'm totally judging him based on his name that it it sort of has to do with Aryanism. Um, but if it doesn't, it, it it's not that different than what we're talking about. I mean, how different is a white person than a gray person if you're being literal? I mean, it, it's sort of similar in any event. But the the, the whole thing about the, the 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 Moai and and how you know, there was a, a culture to live there, totally isolated. 
like Easter Island is literally part of Chile now, but apparently it's the most isolated place in the world. It's like 2,000 miles away from the, the, the Polynesian islands and it's 2,000 miles away from Chile and, and, and it's just there. And somehow people got there and, uh, and built these giant statues all over the island for no apparent reason. To honor the gods. <laughs> Yeah, or for something know. else, or for security, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> any, any, statues come to life after a certain amount of years have passed, and they take over the earth, like uh, War of the Worlds kind of style. Sure. I'm Wait, like who, that. who was the ancient machine from uh, Jason and the Argonauts that was on that island? Uh, I know, I, what is his name? Oh, damn. It's, it's like Tekalos or something like that? Te, uh, Talos. Talos. That's yeah. exactly right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they're like Talos. Yeah. They're gonna matter. And dude. Like, and, and dude. <laughs> since since you mentioned that, come on, man. That that's a rope. That's an ancient Greek story about a robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on, man. Well, come Vulcan. On. Vulcan or or Hephaestus, which it's easier to say Vulcan, but same guy. Um, was always making robots. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, that that's one of the things that some of these folks talk about is there's technology referenced in, in ancient yeah. times that they could possibly imagine. Now, I don't know that that's true. I mean, right now, you know, right now, uh, you know, Star Trek Discovery has technology that maybe in a thousand years people will be saying they, we shouldn't have been able to imagine. True, uh, true. So... You know, I, I don't rule out the people back in the, you know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of years couldn't possibly have great imaginations right. as well. Okay, go ahead and just crush my hopes that, that there crushing. were actual robots back then. I, I just with, with, want, your, with your logic and rationale. I just want listeners to know that they were not crazy zealots on this. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right. You know, who's to say that they didn't have the imagination to, to come up with these things back then? I mean, I guess obviously they did. Either that or they were visited by these beings who actually had robots. We prefer the latter. I mean, yeah, we're, we're for the latter, but we're just saying we're open to the possibility of imagination. Now, didn't they have knowledge about how gears work together to create like certain movements and things like that? I, I mean, obviously there was mathematics, you know, in ancient Greece and then in other cultures as well. You know, they, you know, all of those words are isosceles, hypotenuse, you know, Euclid, Euclidean geography or geometry. Uh, yeah, geometry, not geography, duh. Um, you know, all, all of that's Greek, but you know, other, you know, the, the Persians and and the uh, a lot of the Mesoamerican cultures and and the Egyptians also came up with a lot of these things. I mean, how else did they build the pyramids other than our other working theory of, you know, not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Um, but yeah, as far as gears are concerned, I don't know. I mean, you know, our all of us grew up in the United States, so our educational system was very Eurocentric. So to us, it was pretty much all the Dark Ages until. You know, like the 1500s and the age of enlightenment. So, Da Vinci to us was, you know, was the inventor of, you know, him and Newton invented everything. Yeah. Um, but people knew about, you know, people knew what Copernicus knew thousands of years before Copernicus. So, you know, our, our you know, I can't get out of the way of what I learned 
you know, K through college, you know, so, so, so I can't really answer what they knew about gears or not. I, I would think that they did though. I mean, but they had, I'm sorry, Bobby. No, you go ahead. All right. I'm just thinking about how that during the, when they created the pyramids or whoever created the pyramids, they had like the trap doors and <clears throat> excuse me, the things that open, like, they had ways to open things that you wouldn't you would you couldn't do it if you were a human so you had to like turn a crank or something and open it up like the the stone slabs and so it's like if you've got that technology then you know you know how to what a pulley system like basically well, yeah. how to i was going to say i was going to say it i mean they obviously had knowledge of the of the simple machines. They had knowledge of uh, levers, pulleys, and ramps. And it's not it's not a far leap to figure out gears from from those. You know, the wedge. You know, that, that's basically all of, all of that. That's pretty much what like gears utilize all of those things. I wish I had something to add to this. I don't. I was gonna lead into robots with that. Like, if you know how gears. Then you could create robots. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I, I think that's great. Um, yeah. Why not? There, there's and going back to Japanese cartoons, there, there are always the the giant robot protectors. I mean, Voltron. I mean, Voltron, what's Voltron? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Before that was what was it? It was Ultraman or Dynaman Ultra, or Ultraman. Like, yeah. Transor Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the transports are that far off from that as well. Right. Yeah, they come from another planet, which um, their biological, no, sorry, non-biological organisms. So, but they're mm-hmm. actually alive, but they're mechanical in nature instead of being biological. Well, it would make sense for the transformers to need gold than it would for organic beings for an atmosphere. Right. And gold is... I mean, gold looks pretty, but but one of the things about gold that makes it special is that's very malleable. Yeah, yeah. Too. True. Yeah, yep. and so it really is perfect. So also, yeah. The I have, I have some, strong. I have some thoughts on on gold. I'm glad you you guys mentioned gold again because it was said that the Anunnaki came here looking for gold, and they had a practical use for it. So after they left, and the stupid humans were left here uh, in charge. The leaders also wanted gold. Why? Because their gods wanted gold. The the stupid humans didn't know why the gods wanted gold. They just figured, oh, the gods want the pretty gold, so why do too? So what did they do with it? They they put it on their heads, <laughs> you know, wore them as crowns and or, just yeah, basically. Yeah, but they made uh, thrones out of it too. Yeah, they stockpiled it. They made everything out of it, and and they only valued it because the gods did. Yeah. Well, if you wear enough jewelry, maybe you look metal like your robot gods did. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. Uh, also, also with the with the gold crown, you know, which you know, I mean, it looks like light on your head. It's reflective. You know, it looks like it's shining on your head. It looks like a halo. Yeah, and and one of the theories that I think Zechariah Sitchin came up with is that maybe a halo is nothing more than just a breathing device, <laughs> but it looks like a crown. So that that, I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways that the story can be told. A lot of things that connect. Uh, some things, like I said, are it's, it's easy to poke holes in them, but 
they're fun and interesting to think about, man. And, you know, we can say, oh, that's stupid. There's no way that that's true. But uh, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Consider for a minute that it could be. You know, maybe it's not. But let's just consider for a minute that it could be. And just, just enjoy this stuff for what it is. Yeah, have fun with it. Well, we have to tie this into to Doom because we do have Garden of Doom here a little bit. So... Obviously, they're, the gods are pissed off for what we've done since, and they're going to come back for revenge. That's why mm-hmm. Nibiru is on its way, right? I'm ready. Okay, now, good. Listen well, as to- long as there's Doom involved, I'm, I'm all good. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some Doom. I mean, they're going to come back, and they're going to spank the hell out of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. well, well, I've already gone on record, that, and, and so have you guys. I think that, that we're going to be collaborators. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no need like, to revisit Jacobson you know, character in Colony until he turned face. Ah, nice. Oh yeah. Nice, Colony. Hey, get back into that, man. That's a good one, Blaze. It, have you gotten into that? Yeah, it ended on a really sour note because I wanted to see what happened yeah, with yeah. The, no spoilers in races. Oh, sorry, you no, didn't even no spoilers. Well, no, I didn't see the end, and plus, whoever's listening might not have seen it either, so no spoilers. Can it really it got canceled. Yeah, I know. Well, I know, but it's still it's still available. You know, you can you can still find it though. No, I understand, but we can't spoil the actual end of the story because there was none. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but the, I mean, is it really considered a spoiler? I mean, it's been so long since it's gotten canceled, and it, you, you know, know what the. the you know, I, people have said that, and I understand that, but we're in an age right now where everything is on demand. So even, like, something could have come out years ago, but it's still new to somebody. Well, you know? I have to say this. past this, then. Its best season was the, the its last season, and it's a shame it got canceled when it did, because the first two seasons were sort of blah, but the, the third season was actually good. Yeah, because they had the introductions in the third season. Like the first and second, it was just mainly humans fighting other humans with the threat of some other being kind of out there. Or you like you saw the drones and all that other stuff, but you didn't really see too much of like the aliens as they were. Yeah, we never we we didn't get far enough into that. Damn, dude, that's that's life that we're living right now. Yeah, because because we know that the aliens are there. It's 2020. We've seen enough, but humans still just keep fighting humans. So it's coming. Did you see coverage from a, about two weeks ago of flying objects around the world, which was sort of like a solid light and like flying in circles and stuff? Anyone see I haven't that? seen that. No, I, I, this is my first time even hearing of this. Okay. But. Well, here's the weirdest thing. La Sicaria, who, who graced your screen earlier, she saw it and she took pictures of it in real time and she sent them to me. Now, she didn't video it, she put still photos, but sure enough, there's a, there's a picture of a, of a white globe above the moon and then the next oh. picture, it's the moon and then the next okay. picture, it's sort of on the side. So, you know, just to give a picture, the, the, the moon, whatever directs, let's just say it was the east and then Mars is a little bit to the side and then Venus is a little bit further to the side. So, this did a circle and then flew away at a rapid uh, a, a rapid pace. And there were other sightings around the world and, and photos, and it didn't really make a big deal anywhere. Now, granted, we are now in October 2020, so there's <laughs> a lot going on. Nothing gets covered. Nothing's and, a big deal anymore. But she's not the only one who saw it, and... 
it was just weird that it happened in, in real time. And I'm like, was it the plane? She's like, no. Was it the helicopter? No. You know, because photos can sometimes blur things, but nothing else was blurry. Everything else was clear. So it was a solid ball of light, not like no red landing lights or, you know, and anything like that. No tail lights, no wing lights. Um, and, you know, the, the way it was moving was sort of wild. So, you know, okay. I don't know what that was, but it's okay, not meteorite. So- so this is my second time hearing of this because when you started going into it, I remember that you, I did hear you bring this up before on a previous episode. I've heard this, unless I wasn't paying attention. But yeah, this is my first time hearing it. And can you post those photographs? I think I posted them to the Garden of Doom page, but if I didn't, I will. Because uh, just so everybody knows, I'm a little bit tech backwards, um, but I'm coachable, and I figured out how to to do it so i will look back on those things and see if i can find them and post them unfortunately it's not going to do it justice because it wasn't in the real time that i got them so i know that she didn't take the picture i know she didn't take the pictures like 10 minutes apart um i know that it was you know they were back to back to back and sent right to me but i will i will do that i will post it to the garden of doom page Again, if I didn't do it, if I did do it the first time, or the first time if I didn't do it before, uh, so check that out. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, but you'll just have to trust her on this and, and my reporting of it. But if if you don't trust her, remember her name is La Sicaria. So <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that there were uh, there were other places. I mean, there was some coverage about it uh, in the news from other places in the world, and it looked exactly the same and. You know, if it's just in our area, it was probably something I just didn't know what it was. But if it's around the world and it looks exactly the same, that in the same time place, that that's sort of weird. That 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 seems like a visitation. I, I'm I'm excited about that, man. I'm 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 not scared. I'm very much excited. It is time. We, we, this place needs to be fixed. We can't do it on our own, so we we need help. I'm scared of other humans. I'm not afraid of, like, if aliens come. I'm not scared of that. Yeah, it's like Bonnie Tyler Tyler said in the 80s. I'm holding out for a hero. (laughs) I need a hero. (laughs) That's right. Bonnie Tyler, I mean, I went to college in Georgia, and on one of the local channels, there was seven hours wrestling territory shows so seven one-hour shows and they started right after georgia championships wrestling six hours so nine hours of wrestling on saturday night so obviously had a great social life um but bonnie tyler's hero was the theme song to sort of that giant show so uh, i always associate her with that and i will never forget that song um how are we doing on time? How long have we been we, we We're exactly at an hour from when we started the intro. So it's about time to wrap it up. Okay. Well, let me ask you one one question. And you know, normally I ask questions. And I, if Shaheen, if you're listening, if you want to pop in on this, this, this could be fun for you as well. Um, but do you guys know what Paradoli is? No. No, okay. not familiar with that. Okay. I was not familiar with the word either. So I'm not trying to impress you with, with the word. Someone said it, but once they defined it for me it's pretty i mean we all experience it so it's the tendency for incorrect perceptions of an image of as an object pattern or meaning so so for example you look at a cloud you see a turtle the face on the moon 
the face on Mars. So obviously you can see where it ties into sort of Garden of Doom and human experience, uh, you know, as well, because, you know, there's a lot of photos from Mars and some people say they're rocks and others say they're pyramids. Some people say it's a landing strip. Other people just says it's just a plane. Some people say these are roads. Others saying it's just, you know, ancient, you know, frozen riverbeds or uh, wind erosion. Um, but those are examples of pareidolia. You, you see what you want. The the face being probably the most famous one on Mars. But uh, like, so what are some examples of pareidolia that are in your life that, that you sort of maybe hang on to and, and actually believe versus thinking that you saw something that wasn't there? And, you know, it's like the Shroud of Turin might be one also, or when people see Jesus in a grilled cheese sandwich or whatever. That, that, that you know, those are all examples that you can use for that too. So if you saw Jesus in the grilled cheese sandwich and you believe you saw Jesus <laughs> in the grilled cheese sandwich, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. I eat with reckless abandon. So I, I eat way too fast to see any images in anything. So, um, and I think the Shroud of Turin have been, has been, uh, has been debunked, I guess. I, I think, I don't know. I haven't, uh, haven't really looked into that. I just heard that. But uh, the, the one that you mentioned, actually, still, it stays with me. I, the, the face on Mars. That For me, that's the one. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't introduce a, a, another thing that you didn't mention. But um, the, the face on Mars has always been one to me. You know, because I remember looking in books uh, as a kid and saying, wow, like, that that's just amazing. Like, that's, that's the... You know, that's the face, uh, maybe on the Sphinx, or it looks like an alien or something. It looks like a face. Like, that is a face. You couldn't convince me that it wasn't. And then I guess with better uh, better uh, imaging tools, better uh, better uh, telescopes and, and things like that, uh, they're saying that it's obvious that it's not a face. It's just, uh, you know, we're able to see more detail now and they're just rock formations that kind of maybe, you know, if it's fuzzy, make it look a little bit, but like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm still holding on to it being a face. Yeah. Same here. I still, that was the only thing that comes to mind when you talk about that. I've never seen the shroud of Turin. And it was one thing that I clung to was always the Mars photograph and the face of it and i even when i was told that oh that we've got better cameras now it's it's not a face it's just uh the way the shadows were hitting it from the sun or something like that i'm like no man it's a face it's still real to me it's still real to me damn it <laughs> well who, who's to say that it wasn't designed so that it was to look like a face when shadows hit it from the sun i Good mean point. you know i i, I don't abandon the, the the face on mars but the ones on mars that really get me are the newer shots of the looks like capstones on pyramids. Yes. And, yes. And, they, and they haven't found other ones. I mean, there's plenty of mountains and outcroppings on Mars. I mean, Olympus Mons is, what is it supposed to be like 100 Everest or something like that? And, and Mars is actually a smaller planet than Earth, like significantly. Uh, so it's not to say, wow, that's, well, it's a bigger planet. Of course, it's bigger mountains. No, it's a, it's a smaller planet. This has nothing to do with anything, except that I think that, that, that there are plenty of natural looking mountains and, and outcroppings on Mars, but those, they're sort of together and they're all very symmetrical, like the pyramids. So maybe they're pyramids themselves, or maybe just the, the capstones. I, I don't know the, the scale, but those, I, I, I sort of can't get past like those being 
sort of in the same general geographic area and looking and being so symmetrical. So that, yeah. that, that works for me that I, I can't get past. I mean, even even with that, they're saying they're saying, well, no, they're not pyramids. We see how you want to believe that they are. They're just mountain formations. I mean, look at them. Look how rough they look. Look at look at what's supposed to be a face. Look how rough. But I mean, my response to that is, Mars is a big ball of dust. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe they looked perfect whenever they were put there thousands of years ago or whatever. And Mars is all dust now. Everything is every you know nothing is smoothly formed there. Maybe they used to be. I mean, because they say other things are just erosion. Well, if other things are just erosion and and you know wind erosion and you know basically decay, why wouldn't these things have decayed also? Why do they still right. have that? So they were obviously in a superior condition at one point. So I'm I'm with you on that one hundred percent. You can't you can't have it both ways. Yeah. yeah. And I mean yeah. It, they've already we found um we found water there. Mm -hmm. We found life. Or no wait, sorry. They found life on Venus, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So never mind. I thought it was life on Mars, but I d I don't think that was the case. Well, they have this water. There's lakes of, of uh, I think, salt water on, under the surface. <clears throat> there's a lot of things being announced now that there's no way they're they're discovering them all right now. Yeah, it's just it's just too it's too convenient. I I understand that there's sometimes these, you know, hiccups or or jump starts in in technology and discoveries, but this is this is just too much in too short of a period, during so much smoke and clutter, that, that it that it can almost be dismissed or missed or, or only covered by, well, people like us. I mean, basically hobbyists. Um, I don't know. It's, it seems a little crazy to me. Oh, cool. I just sent, uh, it says they, NASA scientists said they found life on Mars in the 70s. Okay. Well, Ray Bar Bradbury said that as well. By the way, if you ever read the Martian Chronicles, the, those guys don't look so different than the Anunnaki either. It all, it all comes back. To the Anunnaki. That, that's right. So, so how about we wrap this up, man? We, we, there's actually more stuff that we could talk about on this, and and that's something that Blaze and I have said that you know the Anunnaki is something that I'm always happy to revisit because I know that there's stuff that I didn't mention. Um, some point down the line, I want to go into a lot of the, I'll, I'll just call them characters um, involved. Uh, there are pantheon and and uh just a lot of the people involved in the day-to-day -day activities and like i mentioned earlier there was the ajg uh I, so at, at another point i want to go into some more of these things but for now i think maybe we should wrap this up yep i'm i agree with you i'd love to hear all about that so i'm gonna definitely listen to that show if i'm not a part of it love to learn that that's very much interest to me and another thing i want to do is i, I want to go through like sort of flood myths of the world, like sort of do eight or 12 flood myths and sort of <laughs> see how they're similar and how they're different, if at all. Blades, that's something, and that's something that I said we should do. Yeah, we were going to go go into that. And How many stories were we going to pick? Like two or three? I, I, don't, I, wanted to, I wanted to try to knock out as many as we possibly could. Yeah. And considering how many times the earth has been destroyed by water, it seems like fire is only appropriate for the next time. Burn it down. <laughs> Burn it all down. <laughs> with water. <laughs> Kill it with water. 
particular with one. It's it's effective. It it, it works. We we we're, we might be heading towards one now, an accelerated one of our own doing. That's encouraging. <laughs> so well, for cast with Garden of Doom, so there's <laughs> there's got to be Doom. I thought we were pretty much Doom related all the while. I mean, there wasn't much uh, happy shiny rainbow type stuff here. Well, you know that that's why Garden of Doom is Garden of Doom. Even if you're not talking about Doom, you're talking about Doom. The aliens are well, coming. That's encouraging for me. No, if, if listen, if Nibiru comes and the Anunnaki came back, they they could very well be the salvation, the saviors. They they could they could fix it for us with their technology. It could be time. So there's your garden. There's your hope. Yeah, I guess so. Our story could have a happy ending. Could they wipe out all the idiots first, though? I mean, that would be helpful. Then this place would be uninhabited. <laughs> I, I, I would need to see the definition of idiot first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which side of the line I fall. Right, I don't think I make the cut. <laughs> don't think I make the cut. <laughs> so, for the inhuman experience, Jeff, why don't you tell the people where you can be found? Well, uh, check us out on Garden of Doom. If you're a regular listener to the inhuman experience, you've already heard us a few times. Um, but uh, please subscribe, like, rate review preferably good ratings preferably good reviews but either way we want to know uh, if you have any topics or questions please feel free to send those as well you can find me also on twitter at icarus fell md um i'm getting more and more active on twitter i don't quite understand it but but i'm happy to have more followers and acquaintances there um but that, that's i'm on a couple of youtube wrestling shows uh, suplex city chats is one and uh, occasionally an unpopular review, but I'm cross with them right now because I was supposed to be a judge on something last night, and the original judge who backed out uh, backed back in, and they booted me, so I got fired from a non-paying job. So I'm a little <laughs> angry right now. Anyway, enough for me. But um, you know, for those of you on Garden of Doom, you and humans, tell tell our folks where they can find you yes you can find us on twitter at our very fresh and new hot off the presses twitter handle um inhuman cafe hey (laughs) so that's our new twitter for now until uh, i get this issue resolved i don't know why we were suspended from twitter but hey we we get too close to the truth yeah apparently so uh so yes you can find us on twitter at inhuman cafe that is the new official Inhuman Experience podcast home. Uh, as well, check out our sister show, Inhuman Cafe. We've got some new episodes coming. We've, we're undergoing technical difficulties at this time. The audio is unavailable to us, but we do have the new shows coming. It's coming. Uh, and if you want to hit us up, you can hit us up at inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon and if you want to subscribe, we got some cool exclusive shows there. Patreon.com forward slash Inhuman EX Podcasts. Did I get it all? There you go, man. This okay. is why you do this. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.